Coming up on the podcast, we discuss Antoine Walker's comments on James Harden, Blake Griffin to the Nets, and what is a franchise quarterback. We also break down Dak Prescott's new contract with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's be real. All of us feel the same. If anybody puts that amount of money in front of us, I don't see anybody saying, well, for the goodness of the team... Let me pick less. No, I'm, I'm going to sign the contract, right? Right. So it's not it's not incumbent on Dak Prescott to fix the NFL's quarterback problem. But what we do have is a football team that paid for a quarterback. I'm, I'm not going to say he's overpaid. What I'm going to say is he takes up so much of their salary cap that they're not in a position to get better. So the question you have to ask yourself if you're a Cowboy fan is this. The team was probably its best at Dak Prescott's rookie season, right? And they didn't get to a Super Bowl. The team now is only going to get worse since he's gotten paid. Now, Dak Prescott can get better, but we've seen quarterbacks have elite seasons all the time and not even make the playoffs. Shout out to the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. So elite quarterback play alone is not going to win you a Super Bowl. You're tuned into the new channel sports podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. This is the new Channel Sports Podcast. My name is Oenyi, the one and only. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. We are very, very grateful. I am joined by two very, very good co-hosts in the building. Big Low. How are you doing, sir? Hey, it's Big Low coming down in H-Time. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Fantastic, actually. Awesome, man. As usual, I'm doing pretty good most of the time. Most of the time. And sitting all the way across from me in the comfort of his own home, the phenomenal one, Chris. How you doing, brother? What's good, y'all? You you ain't got to let everybody know where I'm at. I could be anywhere right now, man. You know, I got a lot of fans (laughs) who be checking up on me, man. (laughs) What's good, y'all? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. There you go. (laughs) But they want to know where you're at, though, Chris, man. You got to tell them where they at, dog. They got to know how you're doing things, man. How you riding, man. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please subscribe. We're on every major podcast platform available. You can also check us out on Afro Vibes TV as well. We got an Afro Vibes app that we're on, Roku TV. Check us out on Sundays. Just check us out, man. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Just check us out. See what we have to offer. See what we're doing. Shall we get right into the show, gentlemen? Let's do it. First thing up, famous athletes, famous quotes. New Channel Sports Podcast presents Famous Athletes, Famous Quotes. So we haven't done this in a while. How this works is I'm going to give you a couple of clues as to who this athlete is. Um, don't don't spit out who it is yet. I'll, I'll give you all the clues. Then at the end, if you know who it is, say who it is. Once we figure out who it is or, or if we don't figure out who it is, I'm going to play one of their more famous quotes. Y'all ready? No, 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 no. There's something you said I patently disagree with. What is you that? You give me a clue, and I know who it is. Nah, because you be, you be ruining is. stuff, though. On the very, yeah, first, on the very first clue, you be like, you be saying who it is. I don't want anybody ruining anything yeah. this time, man. Again, that's not my problem, player. If you say a clue, and oh I know who it is, goodness. I am going to say uh, it. Oh, my God. It's like watching a Mike Tyson fight back in the day. <laughs> 
and in the first round, everybody's like, oh, man, come on, bro. Give me three rounds at least. Yeah, at least three rounds. Let me give you at least three clues, Chris. Then If you don't have the three clues, then, then good. How about that? I said what I said. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's saying it with his chest. I just found. We might be looking for a new co-host, man. <laughs> All right, so let me get into the clues real quick. This one is a pretty bland, but you might know who it is. You might you might know who the coach was. He was a head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs between 2006 and 2008. All right. Um, he played in the NFL for 10 seasons, primarily for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know who this is. Yeah, you might know who it is already. I don't know who it is. Um, he is the head football coach at Arizona State right now. Okay. And he is known for scoring the game-winning touchdown off of fumble recovery in 1978. It's known as the miracle at the Meadowlands. You know who it is, Lowe? Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Hey. Very good, Lowe. That, that's very good. Very impressive. Very impressive. And I bet I you all know the, the quote. Clue. Just want to put that out there. Yeah, right. First clue. Sure Me you did. and Lowe knew who it was. Okay. But we okay. did you a favor. I appreciate that. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah, Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we all know what his famous quote is, too, though, right? Everybody should know this. Yes. But this is more as one of his more famous ones, one that kind of went out there. Everybody knows about. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. All right, so here's Herm Edwards and his famous quote. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. All right, so that was famous athletes, famous quotes by the one Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Speaking of playing to win the game, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. The deal, which is technically for six years but voids to four, has also helped the Dallas Cowboys against the salary cap and can be worth the, up to $164 million. Dak Prescott's signing bonus is $66 million, which is the highest in NFL history, with a record $75 million due in his first year. The first three years of the deal averaged about $42 million per year. So a lot of questions I want to ask you guys about this, this sign about Dak Prescott. First of all, is he worth the money? Here, that's, uh, that's, no, I'm just asking the question. That's going to be the first question. Yeah, man. Anytime I ask anything about anybody sign anything, I want to know, are they worth the amount that they, they, they sign? Go, go ahead. And Lo, Lo, before you jump in, let uh-huh. me just say something real quick. To answer the question, is he worth the money? You're worth whatever you get paid, right? So the Cowboys decided to pay him that amount of money. So right. that's what the Cowboys deemed that he's worth. I'm gonna go in, but I'm gonna go ahead. I know Low is our resident Cowboy fan, That's right. so I'll leave it at that. That's right. I'm the resident Cowboys fan. You guys already know. It took him a while to get this deal done, though, right? It wasn't like the Cowboys were like, uh, "Yeah, here, good." This took him about a course of what three years right. to get this done. So I don't know if they were really all in. They probably just said, "Hey, you know what? 
who else are we going to go with? Russell Wilson ain't trying to kill me right now. I mean, I don't know. So what, low, what is he worth the money, low? Big low. I, I, I appreciate what Chris said, and Chris says that you are worth whatever the team pays you. And you're absolutely right. I'm going to preface my opinion on this contract by saying that I think that quarterbacks in the NFL – are their salaries are bloated, and compared to other athletes, compared to other teammates, other position groups, I, th- I believe that they are overpaid. So I'm going to preface that by saying that. Um, I appreciate, and rookies might not appreciate this, what I'm getting ready to say, but um, I like that the NFL implemented the rookie wage scale when it came to quarterback specifically, because t- for me it didn't make sense to have a rookie quarterback who has proven nothing in the NFL coming in, and you're making more than veterans that have been in the league five or six years, right? Um, I think the Cowboys were backed into a corner; they had no choice but to, but but to pay Dak Prescott this contract. They had no choice to do it. If you're trying to win a football game right now, if you're trying to win a championship within a three-year window, I think this is the player that you needed to do it. And the Dallas Cowboys did this to themselves because they had an opportunity to pay Dak Prescott two years ago. Okay, um, Last year, they offered him a contract of $35 million, million that he turned down. The year before that, um, we're looking at somewhere around 28 to $30, $30 million a year right? When he was still in his last year of his contract. So at this point, did they overpay? Yeah, of course. And Jerry Jones, if you guys watched the interview, the Dak Prescott press conference today, he admitted that, yes, he overpaid, but he was happy to do so. So did they overpay? Absolutely. You, you did overpay. And I think that anytime you're, you're picking up a quarterback in his league, you're overpaying. Um, once you hit this free agency period, I believe that you're overpaying for any athlete that you're bringing up. So they overpaid about 15 million damn dollars. So they did this to themselves. They overpay? Absolutely. Mm. And so there's so many points to touch on here, right? And this is a shameless plug. After you listen to our podcast here, I'm going to do a takedown on Dak Prescott. <laughs> I got to. Uh, it's just go. too important. I have to do a takedown on this. Right. Um, but 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 to answer Lowe's point that they perhaps overpaid, this is how I see it. And this is probably how Jerry Jones sees it. If you don't know, there is a wonderful podcast, another one from a uh, from a celebrity. If you don't watch it or listen to it, I suggest that you do. It's on Fubo Sports. It is No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. And Gilbert Arenas has this wonderful story how he was playing in the NBA and he met the Wizards owner. And when he went to the Wizards organization, the Wizards owner said, if you make us a playoff team, if you make us relevant, I'm going to take care of you. And what happened is Gilbert Arenas got injured. He got hurt. And when Gilbert Arenas got hurt, the, 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 the unfortunate thing is his value went down. So the GM of the Wizards came out and said, we're going to give you a five-year, $80 million deal. And when he gave him a five-year, $80 million deal, he didn't take it, right? right? He didn't take the deal. And the owner, the Wizards owner came out and gave Gilbert Arenas $111 million. Basically saying, for what you have done for this organization, I'm giving you the money. And that's what I feel was what they've done with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's been loyal to the organization. They've been through a lot of things, injuries, suspensions, just COVID, Black Lives Matter movement, national anthem issues, and he's been a model citizen. So I think that's part of the reason why Jerry Jones was happy to pay a guy that has been his guy. Mm, I can definitely agree with that. I think that part of the reason that they paid him what he paid him was because of what he has done some of his past dues to that organization and to that team. And like you said, Chris, he has definitely been a model citizen there in Dallas. And, you know, he had a horrific injury last year. That was kind of my question mark was after the horrific, horrific injury that he suffered, do you still want to pay this guy? Is he going to come up 
come back and perform at a high level that he did before the injury. But, you know, Dak Prescott, he's proven to be a hard worker. I think he's 28 now or so. So I don't, you know. 27. 27. 27 going on 28. I, I don't know if necessarily you want to put that much stock into Dak Prescott right now. But they gave him the money. That's that's past them. Now the next step for that team, the organization, is to look to get to the playoffs and hopefully make a suitable run because that's what's on Dak Prescott's plate right now, whether he believes it or not. And oh, you bring up a great point. So I gotta ask Lo this. Lo, this is for you. This is for you to take the floor. As a Cowboys fan, right. you see that deal. I have my own opinion. I'm gonna give mine after you do. But as a Cowboy fan, you see that deal, and essentially you have about three years to win a Super Bowl, right. maybe four. Right. In that time period. Do you believe the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott at the it, helm? It, it, it's it's a tough question. Do I believe? Let, let's just say I, I hope that they are able to put a team around Dak Prescott to um, get to a Super Bowl and make a Super Bowl run. Do I believe it'll happen? Look, I, I've been a Dallas, uh, you know, diehard Cowboys fan since I was a, a young kid, you know, and ever since. And let's not even talk about let's not talk about the past Super Bowls. I'm I'm past that. I'm not the Dallas Cowboys fan that's gonna throw you, you know, we have you know five or six Super Bowls or whatever it is. I'm not I'm not that guy. I look at it and I analyze this team for what it is. And given the fact that you had a a a fourth round draft pick that you only paid a total of, you know. Two point something million dollars over four years, and you're unable to, you know, put a team around him that was good enough to go and make a Super Bowl run. That that's that's very questionable. And now you're paying him forty million dollars a year and expect to put a team around him. That's still questionable. Do I do I do I do I think they can? I hope and pray that they can. Um, based off of the past, um, have they done that? No, you know. But I'm I'm I'm. I'm hoping just based off of knowing uh, what I know about the organization, seeing that they, you know, they, they are uh, they are willing to change and they're willing to change tactics, uh, tactics. And you see that they've let Jason Garrett go and they've brought in a, you know, a former Super Bowl winning coach. And we could talk about Mike McCarthy and, and, and Aaron Rodgers and, and, and who's more important and, and, and whatnot. But it is an organization that wants to win. I think that's something that we can't question. Um, with the Dallas Cowboys organization. And and today they've restructured some con- contracts so that they can have some money available to go and bring us a free agents and they're going to they're gonna draft. And the Dallas Cowboys are known for drafting well. Now it's about the X's and O's and actually putting a product, a good product, a winning product on the field. Um, we know that this offense is th- – th- th- we have no issues on offense moving the ball. The problem is once we get to the end zone, we're going to score points, right? That's, that's a problem. Um, when it comes to meaningful possessions and meaningful uh, – uh, 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 times of the game to actually make an impact, that's a problem. That comes with coaching, and that comes with actually putting your players in position to win. Defense has been an issue for this team for a very long time. And although the last year of Jason Garrett's uh, tenure, which was, what, 2019, they were actually a top-10 defense, scoring-wise, you know, we, we don't do very well when it comes to scoring. We don't do very – the Dallas Cowboys are not a team that, that, that gets turnovers. They don't create turnovers, and they don't necessarily create a lot of sacks as well. Okay, those are things that, you know, when it comes to moments in the game, that's what actually makes you a decent to good defense. When we talk about a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not a top 10 defense. But when it came to the critical moments, that defense came up and they and they made the necessary plays in order to get that team, get that offense to the Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys are not going to have any issues scoring points. But as a totality, will this be a team, a whole team when it comes to special teams, offense and defense? That is my hope. Do I think so? I don't know. But I, 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 
I'll pray well, to let, the let, fo- let me do this then. I'm, I'm not asking you to hope, bro. Because right, you're right. a Cowboys fan. Right, in right. the next four years, after he signs his contract, because he did, right. are the Cowboys going to win a Super Bowl? I believe in the next four years, the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl. So, yes, to answer your question, I believe in the next four years, they'll be able to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> and that's and there lies my my laughter. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Cowboy Nation as a whole. Right. <laughs> I feel bad for you guys because from what we have seen, quarterbacks that get paid that amount of money, their teams don't win Super Bowls. So I'm not going to attack Dak Prescott because mm-hmm. let's be real, all, all of us feel the same. If anybody puts that amount of money in front of us, I don't see anybody saying, "Well, for the goodness of the team." Let me take less. Now I'm I'm gonna sign the contract, right? Right. So it's not it's not incumbent on Dak Prescott to fix the NFL's quarterback problem. But what we do have is a football team that paid for a quarterback. I'm I'm not gonna say he's overpaid. What I'm gonna say is he takes up so much of their salary cap mm-hmm. that they're not in a position to get better. So the question you have to ask yourself if you're a cowboy fan is this. The team was probably its best at Dak Prescott's rookie season, right? And they didn't get to a Super Bowl. The team now is only going to get worse since it's gotten paid. Now, Dak Prescott can get better, but we've seen quarterbacks have elite seasons all the time and not even make the playoffs. Shout out to the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. So elite quarterback play alone is not going to win you a Super Bowl. And the Dallas Cowboys have proven for 20 plus years that their GM, the Joneses, are not adequate GMs in the NFL to build a quality roster. So I'm sorry to break it to you, Cowboy fans. Y'all in the same boat as the Texans. <laughs> Y'all ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, their, their best chance of going somewhere will be this next season, though, right? If you're talking about the talent that he has around him now in Ezekiel Elliott, he still has Ezekiel Elliott there. He still has Amari Cooper. And hopefully they can do something with that offensive line to make it to where it was when he first was there as a rookie. So Great their point. opportunity right now would be this next coming up year. If he Great can't point. do it this year, then yes, Chris, I agree with you that they're going to be kind of going down the tank as far as getting talent around him. Because like he said, they haven't proven that they can draft and get adequate talent around him on the defensive end and offensive end to build a championship team. And that's going to be all on Dak Prescott, whether he likes it or not, because he signed on the dotted line. All the blame is going to go to Dak Prescott if they're not able to accomplish what they have to accomplish in the next three or four years. And this championship or bust, whether you believe it or not, it's not going to the playoffs and going to the second round or even even the conference championship. The Dallas Cowboy fans, Dallas Cowboy Nation, they assume, they expect that they're going to get a Super Bowl in the next three or four years. And it's just that simple. And if they don't do that. Honestly and truly, the blame is going to put on Dak Prescott because he signed that dial line. Oh, yeah. I mean, no no doubt. Now, you guys are absolutely right. That's definitely, it's, it's definitely a three-year window. Um, all the players that they have right now that are in their primes, I mean, let's talk about their offensive line is aging. You have Zeke. You, already, you guys already know the shelf life of a running back. I mean, Zeke only has a couple of years left of, of you know, starter-type uh, productivity. Um, you have Tank Lawrence, who's already 28. You have Dak, who's 27. Um, you have Amari Cooper right now, who's 27. So, yeah, you guys, you guys, we're definitely talking about a three-year window where it needs to happen. And as you guys have correctly said, and I'll admit, I mean, they haven't – now, let, let, me, let, let me correct you guys. They've done a great job of drafting. Now, when it comes to signing free agents and having free agents come in, let's look at last year. Last year was a disaster when it came to the free agents they brought in. Um, and let me just say this right. real quick before you continue. They yeah. do a good job drafting in the first round sometimes because their offensive lineman has worked out, right? Mm-hmm. But to build a championship team, you need to have superstars in the third round. 
It was superstars. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right? Superstars. But well, you, you need what, what good, you. I mean, superstars in their position. Well, right? you need to. You in need to have. You, yeah, in the first round, they've been, they've done well. Second year, second round, they've done decent. Third round, so you need. You don't need superstars. You, your first round draft picks, you want to be superstars. You right. want to hit on all of your rounds. But if you have, if you draft the players and they're starting on your football team, and they've either finished out their contract and maybe even sometimes signed second contracts, you've actually done pretty well. Because to be a superstar in this league, I mean, you have you have to have God given talent to be able to use that with your smarts on the field. So they've been able to retain their free agents, and that's why we can question. Well, maybe they pay too much for their guys. Well, they've produced. Um, Decently, okay, and sometimes on superstar level, they've been able to produce, and some of those guys have come back for a, uh, for a uh, for a second uh, contract. So when you when you're able to retain your draftees, because that's what primarily this team is made out of, you've done a good job. You really can't say that for other teams. Now, when it comes to bringing in other talent, then at that point, it's, I, I will say that that the Dallas Cowboys do not do a good job of bringing in other people's talent. Number one is they don't spend a lot of money in free agency. That's number one. They like to pick out other people's. Hey, you know, this guy was a former first round draft pick, uh, former second round draft pick. Let's see. Reclamation projects is what they like like to pick up to see if they can coach him up. That doesn't go very well. So when you spend cheaply, you get what you you, you pay pay for. uh, You pay, you get what you pay for. Correct. Um, And they typically don't. Uh, they typically don't sign within that first couple of days of free agency. They wait until, you know, all the big stars and all the big contracts have gone up, and then they start picking, you know, from the bottom of the barrel. That's what they typically do. Mm. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad strategy. When I'm, when I'm picking on their draft picks, I'm more picking on the fact that you look at the Dallas Cowboys when the teams have been good in the last 20 years, when Romo had a couple of good seasons, and even when Dak Prescott had a couple of good seasons, whenever they're picking late in the first round, their picks normally miss, and that's a problem. You got to hit. When you pay a quarterback the amount of money you pay Dak Prescott, your first four rounds in a draft, you've got to hit at least 50 to 60%. When I say hit, when I say superstar, I don't mean a superstar in the NFL. What I mean is being a superstar in your position for your team, right? right? right. The Buccaneers had superstars all over that defense. Not necessarily household names, but for that team in their positions, they had superstars everywhere. And that's what you need when you're paying a quarterback like Dak Prescott. I'll tell you this, though. Dak Prescott's agent, that dude, hey, that <laughs> whoever it a, is, I don't know if it's a male or a female. It's, it's, that person he's a man, he's, a, his agent's a man. It's a, it's a guy. Well, that dude that a beast. did his thing. He did. he did his thing. Whoever his agent is, I want him to be my agent. So his agent's <laughs> name is Tall Friends. Than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He has a no-trade clause, and you can't tag him. That is the dreamland. So when he's 31, guess what's going to happen? He's free to get paid again. That's right. Yo, Dak, shout out to you, man. I'm happy for a black man using his brains and getting all the money that he can. But for you Cowboys fans, I said it once and I said it again. Y'all may be excited today and oh hit it on the money. If you guys don't win a Super Bowl in this season, y'all are in the same boat as the Texans, if not worse. I, I, I will. <laughs> I, I'm, here's why I'm going to disagree. Now, keep in mind, all your top quarterbacks right now, how old are they? They're older quarterbacks. They're older quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to happen, right? Our, our, the, the generation of quarterbacks right now, we're talking about Pat Mahomes, we're talking about Deshaun Watson, we're talking about Dak is included in that, we're talking about the Bills starting quarterback, we're talking about uh, 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 
uh, Jackson from uh, Baltimore. The Ravens. Right? Exactly. Yeah. We're talking about the, uh, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, right? We're talking about Arizona. Okay, so you've got you've got a a, a, a nice balance of new up and coming quarterbacks right now. So what happens? Well, those older quarterbacks, your Aaron Rodgers, your Drew Brees, Tom Brady's going to retire eventually. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be gone. Well, that's going to level out the playing field. So now it's all about you're coming in and look at what look at what Tampa Bay was able to do. Okay, now when we're talking about, well, and, and you brought up a good point, Chris, when we're talking about, well, when you pay a starting quarterback X amount of dollars that won Super Bowls, well, Pat Mahomes might be the exception, but he made it to a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is perennial playoff, a per, perennial playoff contender. So is Russell Wilson playing them all that even money. Though, even though However, Patrick Mahomes went to Super Bowl, he didn't win it. He didn't win. Guess what? And Guess, and, and Patrick Mahomes is still on his rookie deal. Right. Even next right. season, he's right. still on his rookie that, deal. That, that's, that's correct. But we're just talking about once they sign that contract. Because Dak is technically the only one that's on a brand new deal. He's the only one on a brand new deal, whereas the rest of them are still, including Deshaun Watson, he's still on his rookie contract, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Right? Yeah, so he's right. the only right. one that's on that brand new deal because the guy didn't have a contract when he signed this deal. Correct? Um, so, yeah, are they, are they going to win the Super Bowls? Well, when you look at the teams that are constructed around this, these other teams, when we talk about Drew Brees and the Saints, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers, you can say, well, those guys actually have a really good team. Why didn't they win? Why didn't Aaron Rodgers go to the Super Bowl this year? Why couldn't he take advantage of three interceptions made by Tom Brady? So is it this convoluted idea that once you pay a quarterback that you're not going to win? No, they're taking you to the playoffs. But what's actually going on? Why are they not winning these games? Because for me, there's no reason why Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers shouldn't have been in the playoffs. You understand what I'm saying? So why didn't they take an advantage? They had the talent. They had the defensive players. They have plenty of talent on the offense. So for me, it's, you know, it, it – it is a pattern, so we can't ignore the pattern. Right. But when we just look at the play of the game, when we look at the X's and O's and the execution, for me, that's what it comes down to. It's not because you paid automatically because you paid a quarterback all of this money that you're not gonna you're not gonna go to a Super Bowl. But you, no. you hit on the well, nail though. It I, is I, a I'll pattern. Say the this. pattern the pattern is definitely there. And I think you hit on the nail when you yeah. talk that pattern. Absolutely. But also what goes to that pattern is that look at what Aaron Rodgers went through this year. He wasn't happy at one point. He was kind of saying maybe he wanted out. Look at Russell Wilson. He wants out of Seattle. Look at what Deshaun Watson right now. He wants out of the Houston Texans because with Russell Wilson in particular, he doesn't feel like they've built enough pieces around him to help him win a Super Bowl, even though that's in part to what he's done as far as signing that contract and he talk about that pattern. When that pattern happens and they sign that new deal, it's harder for GMs to go out and get that talent that they need because they don't have the money to do it. Okay, Look. and th- and that's what he's talking about with Dak Prescott. Right. It's going to be a lot harder for him to go out there and get the talent that they need in that third and fourth year. Not necessarily that he can't do it. It's right. going to be a lot harder to do. That's right. And you talk the pattern. The pattern is there. Right. The pattern is proven. And that's why we're saying and this right now. And it's and it's not just it's not just that the pattern is there. You got to look at the quarterbacks who've fallen into that. We all know Aaron Rodgers is elite. Mm-hmm. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Russell Wilson. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to the Hall of Fame. So you look at those are three excellent quarterbacks. And once they got paid, none of them have made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just that simple. So you look at Dak Prescott. I I don't want to bash him, but do you think he's better than Aaron Rodgers? And that's a rhetorical question. If you think he is, then we have a problem. You think he's better than Ben Roethlisberger? I don't think he is. I mean, do you think he's better than Russell Wilson? 
I don't think he is. I think Cowboys fans would trade today, even excited as excited as you are to have Dak Prescott signed. I would, I would bet ninety percent of Cowboys fans, if you told them today, hey, we'll swap out Russell Wilson for Dak Prescott, most Cowboys fans would say okay. But Russell Wilson hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl in Seattle either. Right. So I just, I don't know as a Cowboy fan how you can expect this team to win the Super Bowl as the years go by. Right. You better win it now. Because if you don't win it next season, it's going to get harder and harder. Right, and harder. right, right. And something we're kind of missing, too, is there's a secret component to this. What's that? Who's the greatest quarterback right now in the NFL to ever play the game? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Right. And what has he done throughout the course of his career? Taking pay cuts. Taking pay cuts. Why? Because he wants to get the absolute most talent he can around him. He's one of the more un- He is the most underpaid quarterback in probably NFL history. For that one fact. Yeah. Because he I wants to get though. talent around him. I'm just saying. Go, go ahead, go ahead, that, go ahead, that's, that's part of it. I didn't mean to cut you off, but people, people forget, man. He is married to Giselle. <laughs> no, no, no. We, 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 as far as the money. <laughs> I, I get you. But let, let's, 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 let's be real. With all the money, quote unquote money, that the New England Patriots have been saving by Tom Brady taking these pay cuts, are they really going out and getting the best and most expensive free agents? No. So where's that money going? Is this a is this really that he's taking a pay cut and they're building a team, or is it that well, you just have such a such a a quarterback that that that's in such astronomical level and a coach who's on such an astronomical level that they're able to elevate their team so much? Because look what he did to the look what he did to Tampa Bay. Let, Tampa Bay is a laughing stock in this league, and look what this singular person was able to do for, to this team. Granted, they yeah. did have some some talent and they did bring in some guys, but. For me, Tom Brady elevated that ter- that franchise. You put anybody else in there, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Tom Brady did that for him. So, it, I, 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 for me, the, New England and Tom Brady is it, 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 I can't even equate that because they didn't go and sign the most expensive, best, high dollar free agents to do that. No, you know what ta- you know what new uh, the New England Patriots do? It's homegrown, and guess what they do? They go and find the cheapest free agents they can find, and they coach them bad boys up. And they come up there and they know that when you come to do, do New England Patriots, because of the culture, it's about winning championships, ain't about going to the club, ain't about being on Instagram, ain't about tweeting. It's football. It's football, football all day, every day from dusk until dawn because you're going to win a championship. So for me, that that franchise, they're so out there, I don't even think that there's any kind of comparison. You understand what I'm saying? Well, no, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. let me tell you why I disagree. I disagree for a couple of reasons. Okay. First of all, for all of the reasons why you said the Patriots are good, I agree with you. Right. There's a, there's a nuance to it, though. So when you say they don't go out and hire, they, hire, they don't go out and sign expensive free agents, they do. Stephon Gilmer is a perfect example. They just they do it wisely. Right. And that's what every organization needs to do when you have an expensive quarterback. Every single signing you have, it has to be a hit. And it has to be homegrown talent. And the the Patriots were able to do that. So it's not an anomaly. It's what you have to do. But the, what the anomaly is, most teams haven't been able to do it. You have a Packers team that you have an expensive quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and I know you're looking towards the future, but last season, what did they do? They spent a first-round pick on Jordan Love on another quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that just removes talent away from Aaron Rodgers. And right. let's be real. The, the, the Packers could have been one great wide or good wide receiver, maybe a Will Fuller away from getting to the Super Bowl this I year. And that's the, the difference w- with what the Patriots have done and every other team that has signed a quarterback. Yeah, it's about a recipe. 
kind of yeah. sort of. That's the way I kind of look at it. It's not just one component that made that New England Patriots seem so great. It's a whole bunch of things that goes in it together. And one of the things we're talking about is the way Tom Brady was embracing that culture. Right. And he kind of also built his own aura there. When he goes to the huddle, he has the utmost respect of everybody there. And that was built by the New England Patriots organization that was built by Bill Belichick. So it's part of that recipe when he's there that he he kind of took that recipe and brought it to Tampa Bay and just did that all over again in Tampa Bay as well. Because right. even when he was there, he was able to get Gronkowski back there. He was able to get, um forgot the guy's name, the wide receiver that played well. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown yeah. came there as well. So, I mean, the running back, they didn't have a, a Fournette. Fournette at first either. Those, right. those are three key components. Those those three players played a big role in the Super Bowl. That's right. Okay. So and that's all part of Tom Brady coming there and doing that. Of they course. wouldn't have gone there if Tom Brady wasn't there. Period. No questions asked about it. Absolutely. All right. So it's all about a recipe, man. All those things go together. If you're missing one component, which a lot of these teams are, they're missing more than one component. But you're missing one component, it's just not going to be the same. But all we're saying is with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to be a lot harder to do that, especially when you don't have those other components that the um, New England Patriots have as well. It's going to be a lot harder for them to win that championship in their third or fourth year because they're just not going to have that much more money to spend. They have to hit on the draft. Have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. M- most definitely. And one of the most important things to building a championship team, you know, you guys hit it right on the head, is when if if you have an organization, you have a team that's ready to win. I mean, we just talked about it. Rob Gronkowski, I don't know how much he got paid, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't that much. When you talk about Christian Fournette, he wasn't getting paid anything to come play for them boys, right? Antonio Brown, we already know the kind of, you know, uh, the, the show he was putting on out off the field, you know, but – these are still very talented players that you're able to bring in. So those guys are able to come in and be humble and embrace and and come in. So you know when when and, and that's what teams and that's what players and free agents are looking for when they're 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 looking for their next team. Right. So we can't can't we say that about the Dallas Cowboys organization? No, because it, what have they proven? They've proven over the last you know 15 years they're they're an average organization, right? When you look at their win loss ratio, it's it's average. Probably a little bit, a little above average, but it's average, you know. And and they're not proving that they're able to go and make consistent runs. They're not. They're not consistent. They don't make consistent playoff contenders. Let's just look at the NFC East, right? Every other year, somebody else. Every year, somebody. There, there hasn't been a repeat NFC East championship, and I don't remember how many years, but it's been a very long time, right? So that that division and that team, they haven't proven that that they are that kind of uh, organization. So. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And just like I said, I mean, and once again, I'll ask you a question, Chris. I mean, it, it, do I believe it? I believe it. And I'm believing it just because I am a die, diehard, you know, Cowboys fan. And, you know, I want the championship to come back to Dallas and all that good stuff, man. Bring this. Boy, about that? <laughs> <laughs> bring that back. Bring it, bring it back home to Texas, man. Um, uh, Dak Prescott, I mean, he uh, he's – I think what he means to the organization is good enough to elevate that organization to really uh, make something happen. It'll be tough. I mean, it'll be tough because they've got to restructure contracts and 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 you know make things happen. Um, but for me, I mean, let's let's see it. You know, yeah, let's let, let's see what happens, and I, I I'll believe it when I see it. You know, that's that's what I'm like, man. I right. believe it when I see it, guys. All right, so Dak Prescott did sign his deal. He is the franchise quarterback of that team. And speaking of franchise quarterbacks. I have a question for you guys. May be a simple question. May not be a simple question. But what exactly is a franchise quarterback? 
I hear that term thrown around a lot. Every every time uh, someone is drafted or quarterback's drafted, like, oh yeah, that's our franchise quarterback. Is there more to it than just being someone that plays for that team? Or do you have to have expectations in order to be a franchise quarterback? You know, I, I, I think that that's a really good question because I, I think we we broaden it out so much to include other organizations. Because when we say franchise, is it, is it you're not saying franchises quarterback or or how many how many franchises can this quarterback be a franchise quarterback for? No, is this a quarterback for my franchise, for my business, right? Are you the general manager for my business? Are you the star employee for my business? Because you're a star here doesn't mean you're going to be a star somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can be a star at other places, all right, that, that's great. That means you're multifaceted and you can, you know, you you you, you know, you can adapt. You're adaptable. But what do you mean for the what do you mean for this organization? Do the players believe in you? Do the coach does the coaching staff believe in you? Do the fans have, do you have the backing of the fans, right? Does the owner trust and believe in you? Does the general manager and the coach believe in you? And on top of that, do you have enough talent and, and brains? And can you, can, you, can you produce on the field? Can you win games? Do I believe that you can bring me not only a playoff berth, but a championship? If you can answer all those questions, and on top of that, the organization believes that you can do that, then at that important time, you're a franchise quarterback. And then obviously, typically the franchise quarterback gets paid the most money. So, so that, that's, that's the way I see it. And I think a lot of times because we're, hey, well, is this guy better than this guy? And this guy's better than this guy. This guy's the number one quarterback in the entire league and all that. That's a franchise quarterback. For me, it's what, what does that particular person mean for your organization? Mm. And on top of that, can you see that quarterback or that player being a part of your organization and leading this organization and being a leader of men for a prolonged period of time. Right. You understand? So uh, that's, that's, that's my view. But that, I mean, that's, that's just you, I, I noticed you didn't say necessarily anything about performance and all that. No, I, I said, can you produce on okay, the okay, field? Okay, yeah, okay, I, okay, yeah okay, can okay, you produce okay. on your field? Can okay. you lead me to a playoff berth? And then can you, can, can I, do I believe, can you win championships? Gotcha, okay, good. Or good, championship, good. or can you win, could, do I believe you can do that for me? So let, let's say, let's say you draft a quarterback. Yeah. What are your expectations as far as championships to where you you are correct that this is a franchise quarterback? Like, does he have to win a, one championship within the next four years? Does he have to get you to the playoffs consistently each year? Or what what constitutes that person being a franchise quarterback? That's a great question. Um, you look at somebody like a Matt Ryan mm-hmm. for the Jeez. Atlanta Falcons. He's a franchise quarterback. Okay. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's a franchise quarterback. The way I, I think teams define franchise quarterback is his longevity. Matthew Stafford has zero. <laughs> count them. Zero. They, they emphasize zero? Zero. <laughs> no, but I'm just being real. He has no playoff wins, but right. the Detroit Lions, that was their franchise quarterback. That's right. So it, it, it's it's a it's a bunch of things. It's not just wins because we know that. Like we said, once you pay a quarterback, they likely don't win Super Bowls, and a lot of them don't even win playoff games. Matthew Stafford has enjoyed plenty of NFL dollars. <laughs> He's enjoyed <laughs> millions of dollars uh-huh. and hasn't won a game. So it's more than that. It's what you mean to the community. So uh, let's, we've been talking about Dak. Let's take Dak Prescott for a second. Think he's overpaid? If that's your opinion, I don't care. For the purposes of this conversation, you look at how he dressed up for that press conference. Look how he carried himself for that press conference. He is cow- he is a cowboy through and through. He's a franchise quarterback. Now, is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? 
Mm, that's a different question. So I think to answer your question, it's really how the quarterback carries himself, number one, and then the longevity. If the if the team wants to pay you, once you, you're off your rookie deal and you get paid one more time, you're a franchise quarterback. Because if you're not, then the team is foolish. So the you, team you, is foolish if they pay you and they don't believe you're a franchise quarterback. And I'll give you one foolish team that I can think of who has done that. There's plenty, but the one that sticks out is the one that just got traded, Jared Goff. They never believed he was a franchise quarterback. They just paid him. <laughs> they paid him in funny <laughs> money. And then once they realized he wasn't a franchise quarterback, they're like, whoop, Boy, whoop. Baby. <laughs> And they got his butt out of there. Right. So, so we'll all agree I, that I he's not. Longevity. So we'll all agree that Jared Goff is not a franchise quarterback. I, I think we can clearly agree on this podcast that he is not. The franchise quarterback. For the Rams. For the Rams. Okay. 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 Yeah. For the Rams. But, and Elo just mentioned that. I'm not even sure he's a franchise quarterback for the Detroit Lions. I, I'm also really he could be. Yeah. He could be. So right? what, what does because, he have to accomplish within the next year or two to be like, okay, you're a franchise quarterback for the Detroit Lions? The, the funny, Let me answer the, that real quick. Go ahead. Let me answer that real <laughs> go quick. Ahead. Bad, it's real simple. Go ahead, go ahead. He just has to be starting. <laughs> he really? He has to be starting. But I'll tell you why. Because he's getting paid so much money. If he's still starting in two or three seasons, that means the Detroit Lions believe he is their franchise quarterback. I just told you Matthew Stafford has zero playoff wins, but he played a, 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 a load of games, a decade worth of games for the Lions. All that matters is if you're paid and you're getting paid a lot of money and you're starting for that team, they believe you're the franchise quarterback. Chris, I, w- I want to actually highlight something that you said. And Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford are really good examples of this because you have a quarterback that has zero playoff wins. Right. And then you have a quarterback that played in the freaking Super Bowl and one got cut. The other one got traded and he only got traded because he was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm ready to go somewhere else. Whereas the other one, there was no belief. So for me, I guess maybe is it fair to hypothesize that it has more to do with the belief in the franchise, the coach and the ownership group in you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the Detroit Lions, just like you said, they believed in him so much, but the guy has zero playoff wins. But that was a franchise quarterback, and he's going to be a franchise quarterback for the L.A. Rams. And another guy had no belief, yet he took his team to a Super Bowl that they very well could have won. And there was a possibility for them to win, and that was a good Super Bowl run that the L.A. Rams had with, with uh, uh, Jared Goff. But they had zero belief. The head coach had no belief in him. He said, "No, I don't believe this guy can 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 uh, perform and have a continuation of my offense and allow it to evolve." So they cut bait. So for me, I guess it just leads me to hypothesize once again that it has more to do with belief and ownership in the head coach. That hey, no, 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 this guy, this guy's a winner. This guy's a winner. This guy can play and and lead this franchise and lead this team for a prolonged period of time. So what, what, what exactly happens to to prove those people wrong? Because when they drafted Jared Goff, they believed that that was their franchise quarterback. Like when Chris James, said, they made a they made a mistake. <laughs> right, <laughs> they right. did. But because I had no belief in that dude, and I was like, I can't believe they paid that dude. So what? So okay. So we have a lot of quarterbacks that get drafted. For instance, Jameis Winston. When he was drafted, they believed that he was a franchise quarterback. Now he's on the bench. Now he's a backup. So he he obviously was not the franchise quarterback of that organization because. Longevity definitely goes into it if you're really the franchise quarterback. And then next goes into it, what are you doing? How are you winning? Because the reason why Matthew Stafford is a franchise quarterback for the Detroit Lions, he's been there for so long. Okay, Even though he has no playoff wins, he's been there for so long. And like you said, that organization, the coaches, the owners, they believed in him. They believed that he could do it. Okay, Now he's trying to prove that he's 
he is really a franchise quarterback that can also win playoff games, win championships. And that's going to have to be with the L.A. Rams. Okay, because there there's two different, you know, types of franchise quarterbacks. The mm-hmm. ones that are there, the Matt Ryans. He's been in Atlanta for so long, piling up records. He has won that championship, but he's definitely the franchise quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. He's proven to be a franchise quarterback there. Okay. Some and, quarterbacks and, haven't and proven that yet. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. My bad, oh. The way I've been bro, I've been cutting you off all day. No, you're good, you're good, bro. You're good, you're good. I'll, I'll get you back later. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the way I see when you mentioned the first round picks, I didn't mention it, but when a team drafts a quarterback in the first round, that that player is automatically exactly. the team's franchise exactly. quarterback, right? So we're, we're really talking about the next level of it. How do you sustain it, right? right? So Mitchell Trubisky was drafted in the first round over Dak Prescott, not Dak Prescott, sorry, over uh, Patrick Mahomes and our guy in Houston. His name, for whatever reason, escapes me, Deshaun Watson. And he was their franchise quarterback, but clearly now he's not. For me, once you get to that second level is when you get that second contract. Once you get that second contract, the the franchise is saying you're our guy. And the Cowboys waited to the last possible moment. They waited to the last possible moment to make him their guy, but they did. I'll give you a perfect perfect example of a guy who made a lot of money but was not a team's franchise quarterback. Mm, I know that's Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a guy where he played well for the Washington Redskins before they turned to the football team. They gave him two franchise tags, and they just didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe in him, and they only franchise tagged him, but they didn't make him their franchise, right? And then the Vikings said, no, that's a franchise guy. <laughs> and we all know what happened after that. So Kirk Cousins is a perfect example of a team where he played well, but an organization that didn't believe in that guy. Yeah, and the the word that keeps on coming up here is belief. The the belief has to be there. That's right. In order for that person to be a franchise quarterback, first and foremost. Because if you don't believe in the guy, he's not going to get a second uh, contract. He's just not going to happen. So that belief has to be there, and then that quarterback has to go out there and prove it. Because even if you get that same contract, even though they believe in you, that you're the franchise quarterback, you have to go out there and prove that you are the franchise quarterback. That's where Dak Prescott's at right now. If they believe he is that franchise quarterback, he has to lead them to the playoffs and within the next three or four years that like we talked about, hopefully into a championship. So I just think there was an interesting little thing to talk about because that's thrown out a lot. Oh, that's that team's franchise quarterback. What, what, what makes him a franchise quarterback? What has he done to be a franchise quarterback? And it's different for different quarterbacks, I guess I want to say as well. Look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't come into New England as a franchise quarterback. He was a six-round draft pick, right? So when he came in, they're like, let's see what you got. Then when they saw it, what he got, like, oh, you are definitely a franchise quarterback after a certain point, after he won those Super Bowls. So, I mean, it just I just think that the phrase is thrown out there too quickly sometimes for some players that haven't really done anything or haven't been in an organization long enough for, for them to be franchise quarterbacks. There are some people that have thought of Kirk Cousins as a franchise quarterback, hopping from place to place. There's no way he's a franchise quarterback. No one's ever believed in him to give him that tag. Well, the Vikings did. Well, the Vikings did. I'm talking, I'm talking pre-Vikings. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. With the Washington Redskins. But like we just said, it's about that organization, that organization believes in you, they can make you that franchise quarterback, which what Minnesota did for, for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I completely agree. I mean, we can talk about longevity. I mean, is, is uh, uh, Fitzpatrick. Is that a franchise quarterback? Of course not. He's right? not. He's not. Yeah. No, he's not. You know, so I, I, so I guess maybe – and Chris, you hit it on the nail again. Maybe once you get to the second contract, because once you get to the second contract, that's that's uh, that that proves longevity. 
And then that's belief in the team in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously production on the field. You brought up J- uh, Jameis Winston. I mean, the guy's put up all kinds of stats. Yeah. The reason why he's not a franchise quarterback or the reason why the coaching staff and the organization lost belief in him, the guy throws too many interceptions. Way too many interceptions. When we look at his touchdowns, I mean, the guy also throws a lot of touchdowns, right? So it's decision-made. It's it's all-encompassing. But I think, you know, first and foremost is the, the coaching staff and organizational belief in you. Um, and then comes what you're producing on the field. And then from that point on, you know, do, do you have the backing of the fans, the players, and what does the structure of an organization look like when you bring your your aura? We talk about aura. We talk about what bro- Tom Brady brought, brings to his teams. You know, anybody that's playing for Tom Brady knows, hey, I'm, I'm coming to win. I'm coming to play for a championship, and I'm going to take work seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking, you're talking about the same thing for Drew Brees. You're coming in, right, to do the same thing. Aaron Rodgers, you talk about that. Right. We talk about Dak. We talk about, well, doesn't have all the talent of everybody else, but they're playing for him. They believe in him. Organization believes in him. It might have taken two years, you know, and they might have overpaid and paid all kinds of money, you know, but it, it, it you know, there's that belief and there's that backing and the fans believe in him and the players believe for, believe in him and, and all those things. So, um, yeah, it's I think it's all it's all encompassing. But I think first and foremost comes the belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Have you? Is there a person or a quarterback you guys can think of that wasn't initially a franchise quarterback in their first runaround, came back and proved to be a franchise quarterback and won a championship? Drew Brees. Hmm. Drew Brees, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, I was gonna no, I was gonna name Kurt Warner. Kurt That's Warner. what I was gonna name was Kurt Warner. Yeah. Drew Brees is an excellent one. Like, yeah. He's he's probably the Yeah, he's the, the poster boy for it. Yeah, <laughs> he's right. he's definitely he's the poster, poster boy, boy for it. Because I, I look at quarterbacks now that have the opportunity. We just talked about Jameis Winston. Marcus Mariota is another guy right now. He was in Tennessee. His name was being thrown out as a franchise quarterback during that he time was. period. It was. He was. But I don't think he Once was. Once you're drafted in the first round, you're automatically a franchise quarterback. I, but I think I think that's why, that's why I'm talking about the label. Like, even if you're drafted in the first round, you could be wrong about that guy being a franchise quarterback. They were wrong. No, you're right. But we're just talking about the label itself, Right. We're not talking ever. I mean, the team's always wrong, right? But with the label itself, once you draft in the first round, you're automatically a franchise quarterback. And if you're not, then that whoever drafted you should be fired immediately. Well, because well, you can't waste a first round pick on somebody you don't believe. So here's what I'm gonna. But here's every what I'm gonna team that would have drafted would have been wrong. Then. Well, I mean, here's what I'm gonna nitpick. Let's talk about right. If you wanted, if you said exactly what you're saying, Chris, then the head coach of the of the Green Bay Packers should have been fired because Jordan Love should have been drafted in the first round. So he so well, is he's he viewed an exception. as a, You're right. No, you're right. He's an exception. Right. Jordan Love is an exception. Aaron Rodgers is an exception. It's funny. <laughs> They're both exceptions <laughs> drafted funny. by yeah, the Packers. Yeah, that's true. The Packers are one of the rare teams that drafts a player, right? But they might the they might round. still they might still think he's a franchise quarterback. They're just no, waiting they for his turn. No, they definitely right, do. Right. They definitely think he is, but he's not because Aaron Rodgers is there, right? Right. Right. <laughs> like so, when Aaron Rodgers became a Packer, he wasn't because Brett, Brett Favre is still there. Yeah. But he's still in the organization's eyes, the next franchise quarterback. I, I Lo, I hear what you're saying, but once right. you draft in the first round, you better be a franchise quarterback. No, no matter what pick in the first round, you're going to be a, a, a franchise quarterback. No matter if it's a Absolutely. first or third. Wow. I, I think it doesn't matter. I think we're miss. I think when I think these are owners or whatever, I think they're probably miss. They, they're mislabeling it. I think or so. mislabeling these players. I, I think so. Because, so, so two because of, you remember. Because you remember back in the day, teams, when they draft the quarterbacks, most of them didn't play immediately. Now that's how it is right now. They're playing immediately. Most times it happened 
the way it happened with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. You came in, you sat for a year or two, maybe three years, three and a half years, and then you became a player because you you got to learn, one, how to play the position, how to lead the team, how the organization works. Then you came in, and typically those quarterbacks were a lot more successful. And now there's this impatience with quarterbacks. So now they have to be um, franchise quarterbacks now. So yeah. maybe that's also a uh, a generational or, or a time period thing as well. So yeah, now you have to be. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. It's a, it's a time period thing right. because now the quarterbacks are just more prepared. Yeah. Right, you're not going to really the likelihood of catching a Tom Brady in the sixth round now is not likely because you've been exposed to seven on sevens. We've seen you in high school. We've seen you in college. We've seen you after college. I mean, it's just it's too much information out there. And the game is much easier for quarterbacks. But you bring up a great point, Lo. The 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 Packers are really the only organization that I can think of that still drafts and stashes in the first round. It's worked. It's though. unheard of to do that now. But it's worked. No, it's worked. <laughs> so. well, it worked with Aaron Rodgers, yes. But I think it also cost them a Super Bowl with both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers because they didn't have enough talent in years where they got really deep. Mm. Two one was uh, Tua Tagovailoa um, drafted. What round was he drafted in? It was still first, first round. round. First round. Top half, I, I want to say, right? And he was a franchise oh, yeah, quarterback, I think he was too. top five. Yeah. Franchise quarterback? Mm-hmm. Well, they, 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 <laughs> they, they drafted him as one, but they're clearly ready to let him go for an even better franchise quarterback. Mm. Very, very interesting. All right. So that, that's a little take there on the, the franchise quarterback and what exactly does it mean to be a franchise quarterback? Next type of discussion, we did have some movement in the NBA Blake Griffin has decided to join the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to be joining Kevin Durant, um, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving. The team is coached by Steve Nash. Does this make them any better at all? No. Yeah, I agree with Chris. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. You know what I miss? What's that? I miss seeing Blake Griffin and all them Kia commercials. Those jumping are some, over cars. Those are some damn good commercials. They were really they were good funny commercials. To be. I don't know why they were so funny, but they were funny to be. The ones where you're going back in time and stuff. It was it was funny back in the day. That's 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 sad that we have to think about that instead of talking about him playing <laughs> with I think I asked you a couple of probably a couple of months ago if he was still in the league. I, I was like, whoa, where's your I could no no, no I couldn't remember what where he played. Play for yeah. yeah. He went to Detroit, it was just like, okay, he's there. He did absolutely nothing there. Absolutely nothing. At first, there was a little bit of buzz when he went there. Yeah, come on now. His first couple seasons there, yeah, he was yeah. playing just fine. Yeah, no, no, no. Down. No, no. He was playing fine, but it was like did they go to, they didn't go to the playoffs at all though, right? Because cause he there was a year where oh, there was they a year where he got hurt and he didn't play in the playoffs. Correct. The year that they went. So it was like, oh man, he's there, he's playing well. But now he's hurt. It's the same story. He played, I want to say he came back for game three. It was against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the the Bucks. Oh. Well, he he would have to do a lot, not a lot. He would have to change up his game a little bit in Brooklyn to be to have any impact there. I think I talked to Chris about this the other night about him having having to maybe increase his rebounds, play a little bit more defensively in order to really make an impact on that Brooklyn Net team and kind of go outside of what he's been doing because he's he's kind of been coming up to the court. He's shooting a lot more threes because he's not as, as athletic as he used to be. So he has changed up his game a little bit. I'll give it a small, small little nudge as far as to, you know, how how it will affect the team. Small nudge. Not much. I mean, what does he bring into the what does he bring into the table? What does he bring into the nets? 
I already told you my answer. My answer is no. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think with James Harden, he's going to be dunking again. He hasn't dunked all season, so he will be dunking again with James Harden. But does he make them any better? No. It's a point where you have diminishing returns, right? I just, I don't. He doesn't make them better. They're already the best team in the East, you can argue. And it doesn't swing the pendulum one way or another. I can agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, I think that if he does change up his game a little bit and give them what they need, which is rebounding and defense, maybe. But it's still just going to be a small difference there. Not too big of a difference. All right. Last topic, keeping it within the NBA. Did y'all hear the comments of was it Antoine Walker made about James Harden? Anybody hear that? Nah, I missed it. So let me let me go ahead and, and, and tell you guys what Antoine Walker had to say. This is a couple of days ago. He made a, com- a comment about James Harden. I'm not a James Harden guy, and it's not personal, but you can't win with that style. Anytime it takes a guy six, seven, eight dribbles to get to where he needs to go, that's a problem. It works today because it's more of a pick and roll league, so he gets away with a lot of things now. But I would not leverage my future for James Harden. Antoine Walker said this on the All Things Covered podcast. And James Harden has something to say <laughs> about what he said. There's pick and rolls that happen in basketball. There's isolations that happen in basketball. Um... And I do both, so I don't really understand what that means. I just, uh, stuff like that I don't even pay attention to, especially somebody that has no credibility. So, James Harden in response to Anton Walker saying he has no credibility, and he already know he was talking about. What is your guys' opinion on that? Just another old school saying something about some new guys. I'm about to say something else. <laughs> about some new guys, man. I don't know. What didn't. Wasn't that something Antoine uh, Walker was known for? Mm-hmm. Dribble, 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 dribble all over the place before he shoots. He was. So he, I think. I think he kind of. He kind of was the first big man to really go out there and kind of just dribble the ball a lot and kind of go coast to coast. Like he was a a big point guard. Right. Or he thought of himself as a big point guard. For what I remember coming up, but he definitely has credibility. He's been in the league for. Multiple multiple years, he's won a championship. So I, I I will disagree with James Harden on that. But I don't know if um his critique of what James Harden has to bring to the game was correct either. So yeah, I mean Anton Walker's critique was not a personal critique. He I think his critique was just incorrect. Even when when uh, James Harden was in Houston, he's led the league in assists, right? So let's not – everybody's in, in is watching him in Brooklyn saying he's this great passer. I'm like, he's been a great passer for his entire career. So stop that. But James Harden's response was not about the critique itself. It was more of a personal attack as if Antoine Walker wasn't a high draft pick, as if Antoine Walker wasn't an all-star in the NBA, as if Antoine Walker is not an NBA champion in the NBA. So that part I didn't understand. It was just not necessary because it wasn't a personal attack, but he made it personal. And that's the thing with today's athletes. Everything is so personal, man. It's not personal. He just talked about your game, not you personally, but Harden's response was obviously personal, and I just didn't understand it. If you said that to one of us, I'd get it. If you called me a bum at basketball, cool. But he didn't call him a bum, though. He didn't call him a bum. But what, what did he say? His opinions are relevant? What did he say? Oh, no, no, no. I thought, I thought you were talking about Antoine Walker's uh, No, I'm comment. talking about James Harden. Oh, James Harden yeah, yeah. essentially calling him a bum. Like, right, right, No, right. he's not a bum. He got on. real sensitive about the, the comments. But, you know, when you look at James Harden's career, 
and all the stuff that he has to go through as far as people picking at his game. What does Charles Barkley say? Dribble, 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 dribble. I mean, people are always critiquing his game, and maybe he just got tired of it. He was like, oh, my God, here goes another person critiquing my game. I've been an MVP finalist for I don't know how many years. I won the MVP. I'm a leading scorer in this league. I mean, I'm obviously doing something well. But he he did take it personal. He did. And he, he kind of, you know, clapped back on a little bit like, you don't have any credibility. He doesn't know who Anton Walker is, obviously, because he has a, a lot of credibility. No, I agree with you. And for Anton Walker to talk about that, I don't really see how that has anything to do with winning, him dribbling the ball. I think a more credible critique would have been, well, you know, something to the likes of winning you to raise your game in the playoffs or something like that or right. some, something that actually has a lot more substance. I don't really see how that had anything to do with building a team. So you mean to tell me you can't build a team because somebody dribbles too much? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? So I, it, it it didn't make any sense to me, um, and I do believe James was a little, you know, a little sensitive about it. But I mean, you're poking at something, you're poking at a part of his game that just really doesn't. I don't know. I'm not a basketball expert, but doesn't. I don't think that does it does or does not lead to wins. So I don't. I, don't I mean, see if that means anything. Well, is it taking too much time off the shot clock or too much time off of possession? Or maybe you're not passing early enough to get an assist off. Ball, ball movement yeah. goes into it, I guess. Right. But I don't think that that's this James Harden right now either. Right. I think the James Harden we've seen in Brooklyn is a little bit different than that one we saw in Houston where he was dribbling, dribbling, dribbling the ball. He is moving the ball around a lot, and he, he is getting a, a high level of assist out there as well. So, I mean, hey, man, he he took it personally. He, he, said, he said his piece about it, but, you know. I think they both have, you know, a little some some catching up to do as far as what what they're talking about. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Good show, guys. Great show. Um, this is your first time listening to the podcast, please subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform. Check us out on Afro Vibes TV as well. Check us out on YouTube also. We have some great takes there also. Chris is gonna bring out a take. He did say he's gonna bring out a take about Dak Prescott. We'll see. How that sounds. Um, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. We got some great posts on Instagram. We're, we're always doing great things on Instagram. So just, just check us out. Just check us out all the time. Check us out on our website as well, newchannelsports.net. We got some really good articles there for you to check out. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time, we are out. Thanks for listening to the New Channel Sports Podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.